Welcome to Front Range Facts. This is Anthony Meisner. And this is Jim Marion. We wanted to bring our national market update today, so let's just dive right into it. Yeah, we wanted to uh, show you a little bit uh, from the chief economist at Fannie Mae. And, uh, you know, the interesting thing after going through, you know, the second half of 2022 with the uh, market really, you know, losing a lot of esteem is it's interesting to see what they had to say about uh, first quarter of 2023. And on a quarterly basis, home prices rose a seemingly adjusted 1%. So we actually are starting to get into that recovery phase, it seems to be. And uh, as I said, the fact that prices rose slightly in the first quarter is evidence of significant pent up mortgage demand, uh, you know, despite the fact that interest rates are six and a half to seven percent during this time frame. So uh, the recovery is you know, a little bit slow, but it's, it was starting to show up for sure in the data. And you know, what is also interesting is you can see this uh, stabilization right here where it does look like we've entered recovery phase. And I think when you look at the you know April numbers that come in, uh, you know FHA, FHA, uh, FA and Kate Schiller are a little bit slower with their data, but you know March and April certainly are going to see a rise as well. So stabilization has not only occurred, but we're at a bit of an upswing at this point. And you know the other thing that I wanted to do by showing this slide is just a theme that Anthony and I have talked about multiple times, which is that. A lot of people are essentially locked into the homes they've got due to interest rates being so so wonderful. And that has caused a lot of stability in this market versus other times where home prices have fluctuated a lot more when faced with headwinds like we've been facing. People are just living in homes that have very low mortgage rates, 30-year fixed, they're not going anywhere. And this really illustrates, I think, the spread of how many people are benefiting from you know a 3%, 4% interest rate is predominant in those and it's keeping the prices strong. I mean, you can see that. Just look how many millions of homeowners are in that bucket, that three, yeah. for, three to four percent. So it's going to be really hard to get them to transition out of those loans unless they're building up a lot of other debt, which absolutely could occur here. Yeah, I mean, that sentence up at the top is interesting, too. I mean, you know, two thirds of primary mortgages have a blow interest, interest rate below four percent. So that's. 10 years they're going to be stuck in their homes at least with that. You think so? <laughs> so, uh, you know, Black Knight, an independent uh, research uh, firm, uh, you know, specified that just five months ago, prices were declining uh, on a seasonally adjusted month over month basis in 92% of all US markets. So, five months ago, 92% of markets had seen a price decline. Now, we're, you know, when they look at the March data, it's 180, 92% are up from February. So the rebound is real. It's happening. It may not be a giant leap forward, but it is uh, starting to pull back up out of that morass. Well, Jim, we get into this and go to the next slide. Take yeah. a look at this, guys. This is the whole reason. There is no inventory, right? We're in a seller's market. We've been yeah. in the seller's market. It's been nearly a decade, actually been over a decade. It's yeah. 2023. 2012 was the last time we were even in a balanced market. So we're just not going to be in a balanced market because we haven't been building enough homes to keep up with yeah. that population growth. Well, you'll see that, you know, as we get into some of the more localized data, you will see that there is uh, some price bands, you know, the upper end, which is starting to see, you know, longer time on market, uh, you know, things like that, which are direct effect of, you know, the interest rates and the instability of, you know, potentially the future job market with a potential recession. But overall, it's it's very much a seller's market and uh, it's staying that way with the trend back going down again. So. The craziest part of it, look at this, The only, there was only two years and it was during the pandemic that were actually less inventory than now. So even think awesome real estate yeah. markets in 2016, 2017, we're nowhere near that in inventory. No. We're still short of there. So yeah. we have a long ways to come. So, uh, you know, the sales, as we said, are a little bit weaker, but, you know, we are starting, starting to see that recovery. You know, we saw the prices drop down the total number of volume of homes, which is what we're looking at right here certainly took a bit of a bath in the second half of 2022, as we can see with that downward trend. 
But as we move into the new year, the recovery is bumping back up. So all signs point to go. Uh, we are ready to launch to get the market back in, in its pace. And you know, expect the rest of 2023 due to the high interest rates to be very muted uh, you know, as far as that goes. But because there's so little for sale, uh, it's not uncommon to be seeing multiple offers. Uh, you know, Six offers on one and a half million dollar place is not uncommon. A $600,000 place, not uncommon to see 14 offers or so. so. It feels like spring, Jim. It, it like, there's no doubt about yeah. that. I mean, even the ducks are out swimming in the lake right here. You know, it's true. It's the, they're back. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, new home sales back to the pre-COVID levels, as uh, you can see in the, this kind of heart attack uh, beeping that's going on on this screen right here. Uh, we had, you know, quite a bit of a myocardial infarction back in the uh, 2020, 2022, you know, time period where prices just shot up like crazy. Uh, the new home sales, though, it's just new construction. You know, we did break that million mark, which, uh, you know, we're trying to essentially build ourselves out of a deficit of homes that are somewhere between four to six million home deficit from the 2008 crash that we never, never recovered from. We did get up to a million homes built slightly, but because builder sentiment took such a bath in the second half of last year, because there's still the headwinds of, uh, you know, higher interest rates, um, it's it's a slow go, but we're you know starting to act back up in that sense. Well, and honestly, I think we're going to be kind of around this rate for a long time because the second builders get gun shy, it takes them so long to get going again. Yeah. I mean, it could be years before yeah. we start seeing even close to a million million homes. And, and I think the, the big detriment to all the consolidation on the nation national builders is there's just so <laughs> few of them, and they're very beholden to the quarterly you know earnings versus yeah. the long term strategy that some of the more local builders could really dig in and, and you know work to their advantage. Um, so, uh, you know, this one right here from the Fed meeting summary of March 2023, I thought was an important one to share. Uh, given their assessment of the potential economic effects of the recent banking sector developments, the staff's projection at the time of the March meeting included a mild recession starting later this year with recovery over the subsequent two years. So, you know, the Fed now in their latest meeting minute notes is saying that they do you know, think that there is probably going to be a, a recession. And I think uh, what Goldman Sachs is, they got a 70% chance likelihood, I think, is what they're projecting at this point. Yeah, I've read a lot of those, and they're all about kind of that range, yeah. 70, 80. Whereas I think at the beginning of the year, we're like a 50, 55%. So it's, mm -hmm. it's moved up a bit. This is a really good sign, though. And the Fed met last week, and they were really happy to see that the inflation numbers have finally started to come down. But this is the one thing that is actually going to drive Fed behavior. Yeah. Right? I mean, they've been watching inflation more than anything because, well, you know, eight or 10 percent is just completely unsustainable. So with this kind of trending the right direction, and it looks like for the upcoming few quarters, we should see more positive, positive numbers for inflation. So I think this is a good sign going into, you know, Q3, Q4, where interest rates could actually start to fall. Which would be really yeah, I mean, because, like, you know, we did have uh, the lowest uh, unemployment rate ever announced last month at a 3.4 percent national rate. Thank goodness. You know, it's not helping us. No. And so yeah. it was. I, I was a little concerned the CPI data was going to come out and show, you know, that it was higher than, you know, it had been, but we're at 4.9% um, inflation, which is, is very positive considering how strong the job market, you know, still remains to be. And speaking Sweet. of jobs, <laughs> speaking of job market, what about this one? Well, you know, what's really interesting, I think, is when you look at the effect of COVID and how it just was devastation in so many markets and employers, you know, during a brief period of time to see how much of a net gain. And this is, you know, directly answers, you know, how do we have a 3.4% unemployment rate nationwide? Well, it's because the economy has just boomed, you know, from it. Who would have thought that a pandemic would drive such an increase in employment? You know, especially right. when the first reaction was to fire everybody. 
you know <laughs> fire everyone we're going to give them all a bunch of money they're all going to go create more jobs yeah. and then here we are right yeah yeah Who's so you know colorado uh, i was a little surprised by this only 2.6 percent increase in in job growth uh, over that period of time yep. you know considering how many people were you know moving here because they could go ski and work you know from home right. kind of things and whatnot. but it's such a rebalancing of labor right yeah. we're not even remotely the same situation we were pre no no and you can yeah. see why utah has really exploded in the last couple of years with their home prices 9.1 percent uh, increase in employment just insane and uh, idaho you know they had like what 37 38 percent increase in home values in one year i think in 2022 or so so you can see that the job boom there really helped out uh, but then you know it seemed like new york dropped down you know and, and seeing uh what is it vermont is it yeah that's vermont right yep. there you know being in the red a little surprised considering that you know again there's a big trend to kind of work you where you want to um and then just this other uh you know graph uh you know this picture of the united states what i thought was interesting just uh, as we get into then the local and the state data uh, which is going to talk big numbers because Colorado is an expensive state to live in. But to just show you like what nationwide, where so many people live, um, that yellow is a predominant color on the map. And that is homes that are under $350,000 in, in median value, essentially. So um, it's it's remarkable to see how much the rest of the country actually is affordable houses. And then you move to the West Coast. Or, well, the West you know, Coast is what surprised me, right? Because look at Seattle all the way to the Mexico border in California. I mean, it is insane, yeah, yeah. the housing prices out there now. You know, it never used to be that way. Yeah. And uh, in case you didn't know, that Pacific Ocean is not warm. It's cold. So uh, <laughs> a little surprised. So yeah. it's a little different than being out in the Caribbean. <laughs> well, and then look at Florida. Florida truly is like pretty affordable compared to what we're living in here today. Yeah. And it's just that Northeast. Well, it's, you, you it's know, you can kind of see too that uh, in Florida, the little blob of red down there at the bottom, um, that's where Hurricane Ian hit really hard. And so they lost a lot of inventory of homes. So it's not surprising to see, you know, them really leap up uh, in higher prices as well. Um, so the, the other thing that uh, I wanted to kind of just briefly touch upon today is why, you know, we're in this business essentially to, you know, really help people to achieve the American goal of having some wealth, you know, at the end of the day. And it's remarkable to see how much equity, you know, the average American is, is sitting on their home with 60, this, this, this is, I mean, look at this number, study this, memorize this. 67.6% of people have either paid off the mortgage or own at least 50% of it outright. I mean, it's just insane. Especially when first-time home buyer programs are incentivizing people to like just go get a house, right? Yeah. And I mean, that's been just happening. Get on the train. Just I tell my clients, just get on the train and everything else will take care of itself. You know, you it may not literally get... takes care of itself. Yeah, it's it does. Yeah. So 30, you know, 9% <laughs> of people own their home free and clear, basically. And, uh, you know, considering the average, you know, the median in this country is like $380,000 or so for a home. Right. So you're sitting on 380,000 in equity right there uh, as a median. And then, you know, 32.4% have at least 50% equity. Uh, it's, it's remarkable. Uh, so um, this is a great slide, I thought, just to show that. And in also line with that, I think this is just... I think we should be renters, Jim. <laughs> Which one would you rather be? Uh, you know, that's what it comes down to, right? right. You know, this, this is insane difference, right? I'm going to move my fat head just so you guys can see. This is the Federal Reserve Study consumer finance. Um, and what it basically shows is, is that I, I like, uh, we did a new home buyer seminar, David and Cox and I did in like 2016 and it was like 5,000. Yeah. It was then. like 5,000 back then. So, so this is kind now of it's 8, shows, yeah. So chip, chip, cheerio. Chip, you know, chip, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really getting you far when you have a 9% inflation for half of a year. Yeah. Um, 
but you know, to see this now in 2022, to see $320,000 in you know overall wealth compared to 8,000 as a renter, uh, just as a remarkable contrast in, in just the value of home ownership and how strong this can really change a family's life. Right, you know, so, one house. Yeah. Yeah. Paying yourself instead of something else makes a world of difference. Yeah. It's just amazing to see this. So think about places like Colorado that are so much more expensive. This gap is even bigger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, you know, folks, I mean, just get in there and buy anything and uh, it will it will take care of yourself. So switching gears a little bit, just wanted to show kind of what the projections are for how many homes are going to be sold uh, this year for the remainder of the year and next year. With so, the blue being new construction. Yeah, so this trend, it doesn't look great this year. That is definitely mm -hmm. the smallest bar. Yeah. But honestly, it just goes to show that, you know, real estate really is part of the recovery when you get into these recessionary situations where, mm -hmm. you know, if we outperform the 2022 market, we had a really good 2022 real estate market when you look at it retroactively, you know, take out 2021, which is just yeah. maybe the most insane real estate market we've ever seen. So these forecasts I feel really good about. And 2023 being slow, it, it was bound to happen, right? We had to slow the economy some way. This is doing exactly what the Fed wanted. And that being yeah. said, you know, it's just a little blip on the radar. And then we carry on forward with a very strong real estate economy. Well, and, and, and two, I think one thing that's interesting about this, because, you know, here we are in May. And so, you know, part of the year is already in effect, right? Um, at more of the beginning of the year, there was a lot of prognostication that 2023 might be four and a half million sales. And now we're looking at about 5.1. So it's it, a big difference. There, there was like one or two people saying out there it'd be 5.1. It's now at the high range, essentially, of estimates, it seems, with 2024 being definitely more in that recovery slope of, you know, five and a half, you know, six million homes, which would be phenomenal if that happened. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the well, kind of, yeah, the last thing we wanted to say is, again, in line with this kind of change in environment that we've seen in the spring season now, um, back, you know, in March, just one month before, you know, the April report came out, Fannie Mae was predicting home sales to drop, and I'm going to move my fat head again, 4.2% for the year. And in one month, so much has changed that they revised their uh, output to, or their uh, viewpoint to say only 1.2% decrease in home prices for the year. Is what and they Jim, by next month, it'll be plus 1.2% <laughs> because it's such a strong spring market. It, it is. In 92% <laughs> of all uh, markets, it's, it's a strong market. That's right. <laughs> So I just wanted to wrap things up and uh, thank you for joining us today. I'm Jim Marion, Realtor here with Coldwell Banker. And I'm Anthony Meisner, working at Land Title. You can always reach me on my cell at 303-968-9868 or meisner at ltgc.com. And I'm at 303-548-0243 or Jim at ourcoloradohomes.com. And uh, stay tuned. Uh, next week, we'll be showing you some of the state-level reporting from Colorado and follow that up with then the local news. Uh, after that. So have a great one, everybody. Thanks for joining us.